Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Spartans to close out your week here. It is Friday, June 21st, 2019. I'm your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. Um, yeah, so didn't publish yesterday because we received some news or, or word that there would be news on Friday with the uh, commitment of Chubba Purdy. I wanted to wait and see if I could uh, you know, include that in this episode. I forgot he's out on the West Coast. Uh, so that you know, seemed unlikely, but I thought... You know, if I wait till Friday, we'll know where Michigan State players, if anyone got drafted, if they had signed or anything like that. Uh, so I just kind of wanted to push it until Friday morning here. Uh, and, you know, I waited a little bit and you know, nothing's gone on so far. So that's why the episode's coming out right now. Um, on today's show, like that's basically what we're going to talk about, the NBA draft. I'll talk a little bit about Kenny Goins and his sort of a long shot path to the NBA. I teased it at the end of uh, Wednesday's show. So we'll talk a little bit about that, maybe a segment. Uh, Then we will talk about uh, what happened in the NBA draft as it relates to Michigan State players, or I guess what didn't happen in the NBA draft, uh, and where they go from here and why uh, it is... I I don't want to say dumb or stupid. I think... Uh, the idea of criticizing a player with eligibility left who doesn't get drafted like Nick Ward uh, is just uninformed. I think it, if people really knew the entirety of uh, what it entails, even at like the the lowest level, uh, they wouldn't you know be criticizing the kid for his decision. So I do want to talk about that uh, as well. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. If you already subscribed, just go over to your your favorite podcast service. Unsubscribe, resubscribe. Do it again. Do it like five times. I think you can actually trick the uh, algorithms into thinking the show is more popular, which is what we are all about here. Don't actually care about views, right? Or downloads because you can't view a podcast. Uh, Just want to be up there in the iTunes rankings, huh? Uh, Anyway, yeah, rate, review, subscribe if you haven't done that already. Let's, uh, Let's talk about Kenny Goins. Okay, so this will probably be quick because there's just not as much to say, I think, about Kenny Goins as it relates to the NBA. I wrote more about this. Uh, if you want a little bit more in depth, go to uh, Spartans Wire. Uh, you can you know, find it on my Twitter at SpartansWire.USAToday.com. Search Kenny Goins on there. Uh, it's actually probably still up on the, the homepage as well. Uh, but I just wrote about the challenges he's going to face as it uh, relates to getting to the NBA. He does have some things that he could do well right now that you know he could seemingly fit with an NBA team. Uh, you know he's a really excellent rebounder, especially for his size. Uh, he's six six ish, maybe six six and a half, two hundred and thirty ish pounds, something like that. You know, and he's a well built, athletic guy, not very tall or long but is able to make up for it in rebounding with uh, his strength and athleticism. And he's just uh, a really good effort player. And that's something that, 
you know, rebounding is said to be a, a big th- effort thing. You got to really try hard. If you want to get rebounds, you got to work really hard. And Kenny does that for sure. You know, he can shoot it a little bit. He expanded his game. Uh, I don't think he shoots it as well as he needs to be able to. Uh, you know, shot 36, I think, percent, 34, 36% overall on the season, but shot 41% from three in conference play and shot 81% from the free throw line in conference play. And that 81% number uh, indicates that there's development in that shot. It's a good stroke. Uh, it just, you know, needs more refinement. in the three-point shot was... Pretty much a brand new shot for him last year. He did it a little bit his junior season. I think he took like 23s the entire season. Uh, certainly stepped up the volume his senior season. And so it's still a new shot. And for him to be able to make it to really a high level professional league, not even the NBA, he's going to have to uh, lock that down more consistently, but add some versatility to the shot. He, he doesn't shoot corner threes. He's going to have to shoot corner threes. He's primarily a wing and a top of the key guy. Uh, he's going to have to be able to run off of screens and hit shots, uh, not just be a pick-and-pop guy. He's going to have to be able to uh, you know, shoot quickly and transition some of the things that Matt McQuaid can already do. He's going to have to add some – Goins is going to have to add some versatility to his three-point shot. And the, the biggest hill he's going to have to climb easily is just his lack of handle, playmaking, shot creation – uh, really any sort of discernible offensive skill outside of setting screens and shooting threes. Uh, he's just kind of, you know, he'd be an offensive liability that uh, good basketball players, good opposing defenders would be able to just press up on, kind of run him off the line. You know, he's not going to be able to get shots up easily. He can't create for himself. He can't really create for others. In college, you would just see him take a single dribble and prepare for a dribble handoff or uh, you know, dribble to his left a little bit and pass it to someone coming around the top of the key to sort of reset the offense. Kenny's not a playmaker. He's a good passer. He's a capable passer, uh, but any pass he really threw this last season was uh, an entry pass to the post for a bucket, and he had some games where he had an, uh, you know, five assists, six assists, and it's because he does throw decent passes, has appears to have like decent vision, right? Can make backdoor passes and things like that. Uh, but he is not a threat to have the ball on the wing, get to the lane, and then make a play from there. Uh, like you would see with Aaron Henry, like you see from NBA wings. Uh, you know, you just don't see that from Kenny. And so Kenny's not going to play wing in the NBA. He's going to have to play some power forward. And for him to be able to do that as well, this is another thing he's going to have to get better at. He's going to be overmatched in terms of size, uh, you know, almost every single time he's out there. And he doesn't have, like we just discussed, the offensive skill set to be a mismatch on the other side of the floor. He can't really play a big off the floor with speed or agility or anything like that. Uh, So he's going to have to be really solid and stout defensively. Uh, If there's a weakness to his defensive game, it's that he can get overpowered at times. And so he's going to have to add, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, girth to his lower body. Uh, He's going to have to get stronger legs for sure, get a stronger base, stronger core, so that big guys can't push him around like they have at times. Um, 
And with that, he's going to have to get better technique. Uh, just in uh, that stuff that'll come. That's not something I think he he can't do. He's just going to have to be a smarter, better defensive player uh, because there are going to be times when people are going to be much bigger than him trying to back him down in the post. Uh, and if you just think back to the Duke game and the Elite Eight kind of, and I know it's Zion Williamson, number one overall pick, and it's it just a, a tough ask, uh, but he ate Kenny Goins' lunch uh, repeatedly that game just because he was bigger and more powerful and really had a, had a probably a slight athletic advantage on Goins and that makes a big difference. Um, but, you know, going into the NBA next year, Zion Williamson will be, I don't know, uh, a middle, upper middle of the pack starter in terms of ability. So it's just kind of the leap from college basketball to the NBA is absolutely massive. Um, and so a guy like that, you know, can eat Kenny Goins' lunch. I think there's a lot of guys uh, at the next level who would just be able to to eat Kenny's lunch um, on the, on that end. And so, you know, just his size, his lack of uh, versatile skill set, make it a really tough, uh, you know, uphill climb for him to get to the NBA. I do think, however, uh, it should be mentioned that the fact that this is a real conversation, the fact that Kenny Goins, you know, I can say Kenny Goins will play professional basketball next season, and it's a legitimate thing, um, not laughable in any sort of way, is just a, a massive testament to him. Uh, we all grew to love Kenny Goins his senior year, certainly had an up-and-down career at Michigan State, uh, you know, especially the, the, the junior season, you know, sophomore season, he really struggled, his first sort of chance to play uh, a lot. Uh, really struggled. It's junior season. He lost minutes to better players. And then his senior season, he comes back with honestly, I think, very low expectations. He was going to start at the four. People didn't want him to start at the four. We wanted Gabe Brown to start. We wanted Aaron Henry. We wanted something different. Uh, and then Kenny Goins comes out and proves us all wrong and becomes a fan favorite very quickly. Uh, hit some of the biggest shots of the season. Hit one of the biggest shots, maybe the biggest shot in Michigan State basketball history. And so for, for the fact that we could have this conversation about his professional career is such a testament to him, uh, the work he put in and, and the improvements that he made. And it's just awesome to see. I don't foresee an NBA future for Kenny. I think there's just too many things that he's limited at and just doesn't have really uh, anything that you look at right now and say that's an NBA skill aside from uh, you know his rebounding. And that's a nice thing to have. But that's not going to get him to the NBA, and really, he, he's even still undersized for that. I don't know how well he would be able to rebound at the next level. And so, uh, yeah, this it's it's not an overly optimistic look at a Kenny Goins NBA career, but there will be a professional future for him, uh, and that's really awesome. And he was just a great Spartan. I know we all grew to love him uh, his senior year. And, you know, he's going to go down as a, a program legend. And that's uh, that's really awesome for a guy who was a walk-on and, and had to grind and really work hard to make things work at Michigan State. All right, we'll take a break there for segment one. When we get back, uh, we'll talk about the rest of the guys, Matt McQuaid, Nick Ward, and as it relates to the NBA draft and what happened last night. Remember, you can get Locked on Spartans on the brand new podcasting app Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Spartans. 
All right, welcome back to segment two of today's Locked on Spartans. So uh, not a huge surprise, but, you know, until it's official, you can't really, you don't know. Um, so Matt McQuay, Nick Ward, Kenny Goins all go undrafted last night. Um, you know, McQuaid had worked out with a few NBA teams. He went to that pro basketball combine, seemed to show pretty well for himself. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe I think, I think honestly, throughout the entire pre-draft process, Matt McQuaid was working to earn a, a summer league invite with a team. I think there was some interest with him because he shot it really well because of the way that uh, the NBA is shifted towards a three-point game. The perimeter defense that he kind of had a reputation for getting first-team All-Big Ten defense, um, but there just wasn't a whole lot beyond the the sort of 3 and D, the, the typical 3 and D guy, and I think a lot of NBA teams probably look at him and say, you know, is he athletic enough? Can he shoot it well enough at the next level to one day be uh, someone who could play in the NBA? And so I think there was certainly some intrigue around him this NBA offseason, and teams wanted to probably get him in and see what kind of athlete he was, see how he looked against other guys that are fringe NBA-type prospects. Uh, and really, the, the pre-draft process for him was primarily about doing enough to earn an invite to the summer uh, NBA Summer League and make a, a G League team for next season. And I think uh, he, sh- you know, he has done enough in his career to at least do that. And I think uh, we'll see... Soon here, again, I'm just kind of waiting for news. I've got Twitter up uh, between uh, Nick Ward and, and uh, McQuaid and Goins uh, just to see you know, if we get some news here. It's uh, not quite the same process as the NFL draft where as soon as the draft's over, all the big guys um, sign almost immediately. It's like a flurry of action because the draft ends at, at a, you know 7 p.m. on a Saturday and then we've got five hours of just signings repeatedly last night the NBA draft uh, ends at one in the morning and you get just a, a handful of guys trickling in as two-way contracts uh, and undrafted commit to summer league things like that so that's sort of what we're waiting for now as it relates to Matt McQuaid, Nick Ward and Kenny Goins. Uh, as for Nick Ward I, I guess uh, what I'm reading and hearing is that he had the highest percentage chance of actually getting drafted had the most sort of draft interest because uh, he did have a productive college career and, and scored a lot of points, grabbed a lot of rebounds in three years at Michigan State. Uh, but the hand injury, him being out of shape, the way the season ended for him kind of uh, tailed off his draft stock uh, a little bit. Just I know through in reading uh, some of Nick's quotes, and things like that, the the pre-draft process for him, taking visits, he did a lot of, um, or tried to, I guess, show teams that he had extended range, uh, shooting threes, could uh, handle it better than he did at Michigan State, where he wasn't really, you know, ever asked to handle it, uh, could shoot a variety of different jumpers, could beat whoever it was, just put a person in front of him, and he could get uh, to a spot and get an open look. And that's something that this process, I'm sure, was important and big for Nick. Uh, the Summer League is as well because he was sort of, I don't know, pigeonholed into a specific role at Michigan State in Michigan State's offense, which isn't something that 
really exists in the NBA anymore. You know, the back to the basket post player. And so um, Nick's kind of starting anew here. He's showing off skills he didn't use at all in games in college. And he's going to have to prove over time that he can translate that to games if he wants to make it to the NBA. And, and, you know, we talked about that a couple episodes ago. But it's still uh, an important process for him. He obviously didn't do enough to warrant getting drafted. Uh, I don't think, you know, maybe if he doesn't hurt his hand, the, the odds are better. But I think just given some of the other guys who weren't drafted, if you just go look at the list, uh, there are some players who, uh, you know, are similar to Nick, had similar production, maybe translate a little bit better, uh, a little bit better prospect who didn't get drafted as well. So it's not really a surprise. It's not, uh, you know, not a bad group to be in. If you go look at the list of undrafted players, there are tons of really productive college players. It's what happens when there's a two-round draft and it's damn near impossible uh, for guys to make the NBA. It's it's crazy. The jump from college to the NBA is absolutely insane. So now we're just uh, kind of playing a waiting game here. Uh, I'm assuming over the weekend we'll find out. Summer League starts uh, early next week, so we'll be able to sort of talk about where these guys end up signing. Uh, and if they are in the Summer League, I would imagine McQuaid and Ward are in the Summer League. We'll see about Goins. He could be a guy who maybe gets a Summer League invite, but could end up just signing with a team to play overseas. Uh, in a lower level, and then you know, hoping to work his way up to gaining some G League interest next year. Uh, there is the G League draft uh, this uh, fall. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, that's right. It's in the fall. So there's the G League draft as well. Another thing for him to look forward to uh, and just sort of get his career going there. But we'll see about Goins. Uh, I would imagine we'll know more about Ward and McQuaid in the coming days here, and they'll be suiting up with NBA teams in the Summer League trying to earn those training camp invites. So Looking forward to that, uh, and we'll have re- plenty of reaction to it uh, once we actually get the news, uh, so I would plan on Monday's episode for that. I held out as long as I could, guys, trying to see if uh, you know something would come in early this morning, um, but yeah, we, we just haven't <laughs> gotten any news, so I had to, to go with the episode, uh, or else it was going to be like 4 o'clock on Friday when I was posting the episode, and that's not good for business. All right. We'll take a break right here. Uh, when we get back, I want to talk about um, what it really means for Nick Ward, the fact that he went undrafted uh, and has eligibility left, what uh, that sort of decision entails and why criticizing it might be uh, a little bit uninformed. Remember to get this show every day. Subscribe to Lockdown Spartans and the new Himalaya podcast app. You can also subscribe on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts, you can find Locked On Spartans. Guys, it's 2019, and these days shirts shouldn't wrinkle, itch, or sweat, and with Twillery, they don't. Twillery makes stocking up your closet as simple as restocking the beer in your fridge. It's easy, affordable, and you get the perfect fit. Guaranteed, they offer non-iron, untuckable, and performance dress shirts for as low as $55 each when you bundle four or more. It's a great price for an excellent shirt. And even better, they have free shipping and returns so you can try on some twills risk-free. Yes, you heard me right. You can try Twillery dress shirts completely risk-free. If you don't like it, doesn't fit, whatever the case is, send it back and you are all set. Right now, you can get $25 off your first Twillery purchase by going to twillery.com slash locked on. 
and entering the promo code locked on and really just go to Twillery.com and check out some of the shirts they sell themselves. Like you don't even need me. I mean, you need me to get the promo code. Use the promo code. You don't even need me to to sell you these shirts. They sell themselves. Go to Twillery.com. Check out the shirts. Twillery.com slash locked on. Enter the promo code locked on for $25 off. And one more time, Twillery.com slash locked on. Promo code locked on. All right. Welcome back to segment three of today's Locked On Spartans. Let's talk about Nick Ward. So uh, I saw some of this, it was unsurprising, and it wasn't just with Nick Ward, it happens every single year in the NBA and NFL drafts. Uh, when a player does not get selected who left school early, there are a host of people who like to criticize them, say that was a stupid decision, um, you know, call them names and things like that, and I'm not insinuating anyone in this listenership uh, has done that. Or, you know, publicly done that at least. But if, you know, I think it's totally normal and fair. And honestly, I did myself until I I learned more about it. It's totally fair to think, like, man, Nick Ward made a really bad choice there. I bet bet he's regretting it. Something along those lines, just to have sort of that thought in your mind. And I don't know if I'll be able to convince you that that's incorrect, that line of thinking. But I at least want to tell you why it might be, tell you why I think now that it is incorrect, why I've sort of, uh, I guess, learned uh, more about the process and more about G League and things like that. The more I learned about it, the more I'm sort of realizing like, hey, it's not, you know, first off, it's his decision. Whatever Nick Ward thinks is his best decision is the correct decision for him to make. Like it's it's not for any of us to say that's that goes without saying. Uh, but even still, uh, like financially and, and things like that, I think it's still a solid decision for guys to leave school and go play in the G League if professional basketball is truly what they are pursuing. So uh, the G League salary, the salary minimum is $7,000 per month. And, you know, that may not sound like a lot of money. These guys play for five months in the G League and they earn $35,000. And that's a number that is tossed around a lot uh, by people saying, wow, you what the G League, $35,000 a year, it's basically, it's barely above a minimum wage job. You're not making any money. And yeah, $35,000 a year is not a huge salary. I'm not going to argue uh, that, but you have to keep in mind that the G League provides uh, in-season housing, so the guys do not have to pay for housing. Uh, they get per diem for travel days. That covers food and, and different things like that once they're on the road. And they also have health insurance uh, through the G League. So um, when you sort of really break it down at the bare minimum, G League players have a lot of expenses covered uh, through the league and then have, you know, housing's a huge one. Obviously, food and things like that are pretty well covered because you are traveling throughout the season. Uh, and then you've got $35,000, $7,000 per month uh, is actually a pretty good salary, easy to live on $7,000 per month. The issue is, uh, what about the other seven months out of the year if you're playing basketball for five months, making good money there? What do you do for the other months? Well, there are a number of things you can do uh, to make money if you are a G League basketball player. 
these guys have agents who you know work around the clock to make sure they make money. They'd go overseas and do different things in terms of appearances and playing basketball and getting appearance fees. They can do, you know, appearance fees at uh, East Lansing Buffalo Wild Wings for Nick Ward. Or, uh, I saw Kenny Goins signing autographs uh, somewhere recently. I don't know where, somewhere in Detroit or something like that. Um, all those different things uh, come with appearance fees, uh, at which, you know, make some decent money. If you're Nick Ward, you could probably make some decent money doing that throughout the year. Uh, you could play in different uh, off-season leagues that you know pay money. This is what uh, women in the WNBA do uh, a lot of times. They play in the WNBA, get their salaries, and then when they're not playing in the WNBA, they're playing basketball overseas and getting more money there. So they're continuing to play basketball, and you can do that as well if you're a G League guy because G League players are essentially free agents. They're signed with the league, and they're free to really play elsewhere when they're not uh, playing in the G League. There are... Um, you know, it, not, uh, it, yeah, really endorsement deals. Uh, you can do whatever. If you go to pick a, a Fort Wayne, Fort Wayne has a G League team. If you go to Fort Wayne, you can probably find some type of advertisement with G League players on it. Uh, you can find G League players hosting basketball camps, uh, doing different things like that, making appearances around town, uh, doing marketing, trying to spread the word and things like that. Those are all things that guys get paid for. Uh, some guys will get merch deals uh, with companies, uh, you know, Nike or whatever. It's They're not going to get any money or anything like that or get paid, uh, but they will get free clothing and have an established relationship. So that's another sort of expense that they've got covered. They, of course, get free clothing and, and stuff provided to them from the team. So different expenses get covered for these guys and they end up doing pretty well for themselves. And with all those different benefits, the G League does a really good job of uh, promoting guys to the next level. And out here, I'll just read some stuff. Like <clears throat> base salary is just one thing for uh, G League guys. There's, there's also call-ups, affiliation fees, different things like that. So uh, about a quarter of the players in the G League uh, – one quarter of players under G League contracts earned an average of $44,000 in NBA affiliate player bonuses. So it's basically uh, the the NBA team you're on says, we don't want to lose you. You're an affiliate. You stay on our affiliate team. They can do that designation for a couple of players. So that's an average, in addition to the $35,000 base salary, an average of $44,000 for about a quarter of the guys in the NBA. That is, you know, $80,000 in salary. That'll cover you for a year. It's a pretty good job playing professional basketball. Uh, in addition to that, 60 or 50 players in the G League last year uh, got called up to the NBA, uh, an approximate average of $225,000 per player. So, you don't have to get called up for much uh, to be able to make the year's salary. And instead of, you know, making, and there's also playoff teams and end of season awards and different performance bonuses and things like that. And in addition to that, two-way contract players uh, make $77,000 uh, for a G League season um, and even more when they're on the NBA team. Obviously, probably uh, every two-way player, I would guess, uh, is in the six figures for an entire G League season. 
uh, and they have uh, continuing education opportunities, life skill developments, and things like that. So Nick Ward will be able to finish his degree if he so chooses while playing professional basketball, developing his skills, making decent money, uh, having a chance to further his career, make money in the offseason, uh, and doesn't have to like go to class and play basketball for free and a system that, uh, you know, kind of punishes the labor. So it, I think, um, makes financial sense. It's not the most lucrative thing to be a G League player, but it's not an uncomfortable poverty-stricken situation. It's, a you know, $35,000 of salary for five months where you don't have a ton of expenses. Your expenses are pretty well covered through the G League. And then, like I said, multiple opportunities throughout the year, uh, beyond that, to make additional money doing camps, doing appearances, signings, things like that. Um, you know, you get merchandise, whatever, in, in which you end up playing overseas. Uh, and it's it's really like a middle class type job, a common job, middle class type common job. Uh, your first year out of college, you know, my first year out of college, my entry level job, I made like twenty something grand a year. I made like no money. And a lot of people have that situation, uh, and I had to finish school and get a degree to be able to do that. Nick Ward's going to be making, I don't know, seems like at minimum sixty, fifty to sixty thousand dollars with health insurance, different benefits uh, if he plays in the G League, all sorts of different benefits and things like that while playing professional basketball and having a million different avenues for him to, uh, you know, make more money in the future to establish himself to get you know, get a, a foot towards the, the NBA every single season. Like it, yeah, I get it. It looks bad for a guy to leave eligibility on the table in college and not get drafted, but not getting drafted in the NBA is not the end of a professional basketball career. Um, a lot of people have really successful professional basketball careers and don't ever step foot in the NBA. Nick Ward can give it a go in the G League for a couple of years, try to get to the NBA. If he ever gets a single call-up <laughs> for a week, uh, he's pretty set money-wise as long as he's smart about it. Uh, can finish his degree uh, while doing this stuff in the G League. Could, of course, always go back to Michigan State to finish his degree. Uh, and if it doesn't work out, doesn't make the NBA, then he can go play overseas and depending on what league he he ends up in, can make anywhere from, you know, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year to hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to if he becomes an established player in the Chinese league or something like that, can make millions of dollars a year. Jimmer Ferdat makes multiple millions of dollars per year in the Chinese league, and I'm not saying Nick Ward's going to do that, um, but it's still very very realistic, very possible, and I would say very likely that Nick Ward has a long professional basketball career uh, where he makes a really good amount of money. And, you know, delaying that a year to come back to Michigan State, I don't think was going to really help his draft stock much. And, uh, you know, it, it was he's got tired of playing for no money. I don't blame him. Um, when you can make money playing basketball and you play basketball to make no money, um, I don't blame anyone for trying to get some money. And so, yeah, it's not the most lucrative thing in the world, but it is uh, far from an uncomfortable living playing in the G League, which I would anticipate Nick Ward does next season. All right, that is going to be it for today's episode of Locked on Spartans. We'll be back Monday for sure. 
Uh, we'll have more information on these guys, where they ended up signing, what type of deals they ended up signing, um, if any sort of guaranteed money or anything comes with it. You know, some guys are signing two-way deals right here. Some guys are signing uh, just summer league commitment deals, kind of things like that. So we'll talk about Nick Ward and Matt McQuaid and Kenny Goins as it relates to the next step in their basketball futures uh, and then just take it from there. Uh, thanks for listening. A reminder to rate, review, subscribe to the show. Thanks to Hotels.com for sponsoring part of today's show. And thanks to Twillery as well. Twillery.com slash locked on. Uh, that'll be it for me. I'll be back Monday. Uh, until then, go green.